Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, oh, it's going. Yeah. (laughs) We've had quite the afternoon. Yeah. We really have. (laughs) Yeah. You know, as true crimers, when one of your cases sort of blows up all over the media, Mm -hmm. it's a good day. There's right? some really interesting stuff happening. Mm-hmm. We'll have a lot to say in our update this week about the Dave Alvallo case because it's oh my blowing up yeah. all over the place, you guys. It's crazy. For sure. Well, whenever anything blows up on that case, I get so many messages from people. They're <laughs> like, you see, see this? What the hell does that mean? And I'm like, I'm just seeing it too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Give me a minute. So sometimes people send me stuff that I had not seen, which is great because, you know, it's impossible to have fingers into all of this. It really is. Uh. All at the same time and track all the other cases that we're tracking anyway. But yeah, the the case that keeps on giving is giving some more. Well, but on top of that, our senior is uh, she and the rest of the softball team are pulling off their senior prank tonight. Oh, my goodness. And so we blew up 125 balloons in our living room this afternoon (laughs) and bagged them into 12 enormous black garbage bags and crammed them into cars. This is the funniest prank to me because they have permission. <laughs> These are not the rowdiest kids. No. School, These are all kids that are like, I'm not going to like not graduate over this, right? <clears throat> they're they're filling the English Hall uh, stairwell with balloons. So uh-huh. they bought, I know. Someone else organized this and uh, just, you know, invited Mars in on the, the ruse. But she got permission from the uh, English, one of the English teachers and also from a janitor. So they have permission to do it, though I would imagine tomorrow they'll make them clean it up. But <laughs> I would. If it were and we me. also bought a bunch of balloons with confetti in them. So that, that's going to add to the melee. But <laughs> yeah, can start stomping on those. You know it. Probably. So they're going to make kind of a net with crepe paper and secure it to the bottom of the stairs so that they can throw all their balloons down the stairs and like really fill it up. I said, did you guys think about people that have a latex allergy? And she went, oh, no. I said, well, okay, Hmm. (laughs) but not good. Considering I married to someone with a pretty severe, I do understand this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But school said it was okay. The the thing is they don't want to be around when the balloons get popped. Yeah. Balloons physical physical presence aren't always the big problem. It's when they're popped because right. they when have that popped. powder in them. Yeah. That that's what kills Rhonda is that. hmm Yeah. So there you go. It our dogs were so upset and scared and freaked out. The pigs, they couldn't even believe the blowing up of the balloon thing. And several of them popped. We were using an air compressor too. So there was the noise of that. 
and uh, several of them popped. And oh my God, our poor pigs. <laughs> but you know, they could have gone outside. They were outside till we started. And then they came in and chose to stay inside and be totally fascinated and horrified all at the same time. Never did go back outside where they sure could have been, but no. Sounds like toddlers to me. Yeah. They had to come be curious and also let us know how much they hated this. So yes. Anyway, I'll keep you abreast of the uh, the prank. I don't know. Please do. I I don't know it, what yeah. that's going to do in the stairwell. Okay. <laughs> I will see. Did, did you do a senior prank? No, I don't think I did. I don't think I did either. I can't think of anything. Um, we just kind of did pranks all through high school. So maybe that's that true. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. There was the Seinfeld prank. The Seinfeld prank. was kind prank. of ongoing. Yeah. The toothpaste on door handles at McDonald's prank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We that's true. <laughs> now there were some kids who did a senior prank when I was a freshman. Christy was a sophomore, mm-hmm. and they really, really hated the vice principal. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. Dude named Bob Boyce, and oh, Bob Boyce was hated, hated, and. Some kids loved him, to be fair, but the kids who were a little rougher really hated him. Yeah. And these kids uh, broke into the school on a Friday afternoon and set two full-grown sheep loose in the school. So they were there all weekend. And then, which, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, that is so mean to the sheep. Uh, yeah. I'm doubting they left food and water for them, you know. Doubtful. But, and also just scary. But mm-hmm. anyway... Then on every sidewalk to, you know, every door that opened into the school on the sidewalk, they spray painted Bob Boyce effed sheep. (laughs) So bad. And so, you know, administrators, like they all get to school Monday morning and there are two sheep that have been running loose in the school all weekend. And there is excrement everywhere. There's sheep shit and pee all over the floor, all over the place. So they're scrambling to clean that up. They also have the F word painted all over the sidewalks <laughs> in this extremely conservative little Mormon town. Where and this is in the nineties, you guys. Right. Like this is. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, if you see that word now, people aren't that uh, terrified, but in the nineties, like you were still in deep yeah. shit for using that language. Yeah. Anyway. So they're trying to get somebody out there to sandblast the sidewalks, deal with the sheep issue. It was a huge deal, but it turned into this hazing thing. So for a few years, Boyce couldn't walk down the hall without somebody, you know, that was a horrible law. I'm sorry. I'm still hoarse. But yeah. Uh, (laughs) That was bad too. That was also very bad, but it was something like that. Yeah. Yep. They, they bullied him for a long time, but anyway, so that's the best worst senior prank I can think of Uh, Well, that, that I ever saw anyway. Yeah. Me, me also. Yikes. Not cool. Yeah. Well, what I have to tell you next is not a prank. Oof, no. This morning, yeah, we had a huge milestone, you guys. We had 100,000 yeah. downloads of our podcast. Yes. From our podcast platform. So over on Apple and Spotify and all those guys, people have downloaded this podcast 100,000 times. Yep, in the last 14 months. Woo! Thank you all so much. I can't yeah. even I can't even tell you. What that means to us is just huge. I was all morning waiting. 
99,996, 99,999. It sat at that for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, come on, I just want to get a screenshot of 100,000. And I finally did. Yep. It was killing me. But yeah, we're so excited. And that just means we're going to continue to grow bigger and better and even Mm. more interesting things. We could not be more honored for sure. Yes, absolutely. We appreciate all of you so very, very much. Yeah for downloading and listening we really do so thank you yes and now we move on to a case that is going to be at least a two-parter maybe a three-parter because well my friends this is some weird shit Mm -hmm. and And it it may need that a lot of information and so we're going to start with the basic story today so that you can Mm kind of get an idea of what's what's going on but then um, we have so much more to share with you crazy stuff so Mm -hmm. this is and and we want to always remind you as we get into the crazy wackiness of all of this that this is actually about the disappearance of girly chu hasenkoff yeah now you will find over time that it feels like we're telling someone else's story most of the time because we are crazy Mm -hmm. however we want to stay, you know, as victim focused as we can. So yeah. this is the story of Gurley's disappearance. Yes. Gurley was born on August 27th of 1963 in Malaysia. Yeah. And she moved to the U.S., obviously. And when she disappeared, she was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So some things have been going on in Gurley's life. She had been married for several years to Diazen Hassenkoff. Uh And things were not going well in their relationship. She had discovered that he was really a big liar and didn't tell the truth about really anything and had lied a lot about who he was and had, you know, deceived her in lots and lots of ways. Yeah. Well, including with a child. Yes. I mean, yes. he's completely torn her heart out. Yeah. With he had. A baby. He showed up. Yeah. With a baby and told her that this baby was uh, an orphan from Mexico and that they were going to adopt him. Yeah. And she fell in love with this baby and was raising him and loved yeah. him. And uh, that turned out to not be true. No. Turned out to not be true at all. And so finally, things came to a head for her. Mm-hmm. She'd had enough of all of this bullshit. And in January of 99, she moved out and she filed for divorce. Yeah. There was a domestic violence incident about that time where it said that uh, her husband, Dyson had threatened to kill her. Yeah. And she had told her coworkers mm-hmm. that um, she was afraid of him. And afraid that he might harm her. Mm -hmm. So on September 10th of 99, Gurley didn't show up for work. She worked as a teller at a bank. Yeah, Bank of America. Yeah. And her coworkers got really worried really fast. Like her Mm -hmm. not showing up for work just wasn't a thing. Like not at all. 
And she had said, you know, she's got some worries about her, about her husband. So by about 8.15 in the morning, she was supposed to be there at 8. When they couldn't contact her and she hadn't shown up for work, they called the police. Yeah. Because they just knew something mm-hmm. was not right. Mm-hmm. And the police took it seriously, which I have to say is pretty good. Because right. sometimes that was a pretty quick report, you know. Mm-hmm. But they did go and they did check out her apartment. Yeah. And in her apartment, they found blood evidence and they smelled bleach. Mm-hmm. So they were immediately concerned. That in fact, they said that when they sprayed luminol and turned on the black light, the apartment lit up like a Christmas tree. Their words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there was blood yeah. everywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, of course, immediately they know something very bad has happened here. Yeah. And so this all gets so complicated and weird. There's so much here. And and one of the reasons why we want to do multiple episodes is because there's just there's too much to share all at once. It's so confusing. Mm-hmm. But let's let's do a little background here just just to kind of help. Yeah. Um so the baby's name was Dimitri. Yes. And it actually turned out that a Japanese woman in Canada was Dimitri's mother mm-hmm. and the father was Dyson and that is not even close to the story that he had told Gurley. No. It turns out that Diazin had been posing for a lot of people as a doctor, mm-hmm. a doctor or a geneticist or a surgeon. Yeah. And he had convinced the mother of Dimitri that he had a very rare disease and that the only way for him to live is if Diazin took him to live with him in America so that he could take care of him. And that's when the baby shows up Came in Gurley's life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he says, hey, we're going to adopt this baby, this baby, you know. And for a while, it seems like Gurley was kind of gullible when it came to dies. And she sort of mm-hmm. just believed. Well, everything so were a lot said. of women. Yes. So were a lot of women. Yeah. Yes. She, Gurley was definitely not the only woman in Dyson's life. He uh, was no. involved with many other women all the time. He was supposedly engaged to two other women at the time of her death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she, you know, she believed a lot of these stories for a long time and really thought he was this amazing person who yeah. was doing these tremendous things. Yeah. So he claimed to be a a former CIA scientist. Yes. I'm sorry, but 
that is a huge red flag. Also, yeah. a, what is a CIA scientist? Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. It, anyway, it's hard to know. It is very hard to know. One of the ways that he made his money is that he was selling fake cancer treatments that he claimed were a cancer cure. And he was yeah. injecting people with what turned out to be vitamin B6. Right. I mean, Dyson's the biggest jerk you can possibly think of. He's the jerkiest jerk of all jerks. Right. I mean, you consider how many people probably died from cancer. Right. Not getting the treatments that they needed because this asshole was selling them vitamin B6 and telling him it was a cancer cure. Exactly. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Also, Dyson-Hossenkopf, which... What the hell kind of name is that? I'll tell you what kind. Made up. Not a fake one. Name. Yeah. His name is actually Armand Chavez. And he changed his name. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he actually changed his name legally or I don't know. But Yeah. I, I'm i not sure because I fell way down the rabbit hole yesterday trying to find his uh, incarceration docs. Uh-huh. And I can't. They don't exist. No, you can't find under either name. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. It's very weird. Well, you know, being CIA and all. I mean, well, being CIA and all, of course. Probably a protection program somewhere. Why had I not thought of that? Um, (laughs) One of his other claims was that he was actually 2,000 years old and he had invented a youth serum. Yes. Why, of course he had. I mean, come on, we'll just take that at face value, right? Right. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Another time in 1995, he tried to purchase a bioreactor mm-hmm. from a company in Philadelphia uh, saying he was conducting cell growth experiments. They didn't actually sell it to him because they were not so sure about him. But then he kind of got on the FBI's radar mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, we are talking wackadoodle dandy here with this stuff. <laughs> I don't even know. I was trying to come up with a better name. Couldn't do it. <laughs> wackadoodle dandy. I mean, the story sounds like something our grandma would have said. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? I've actually been using a lot of phrases that my grandmas would have said lately. So that yeah. doesn't make much. I'm not surprised. He yeah. did have a domestic violence incident where he choked um, Gurley and threatened to kill her in 1998. Yeah. And this was, um, she had confronted one of his many girlfriends and he didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, I I think underlying all of this that we have to remember as we get into the craziness of this case is that first and foremost, Gurley Chu was a victim of domestic violence. Well, yes. Yeah. And that this really, despite all of the wildness of it, is a domestic violence case. Yeah. In which things really escalated after she left him. And what did they say? The most dangerous time in a woman's life will be leaving domestic violence. Yeah. And certainly was for Gurley. Yeah. Yeah. She also just, she seemed to maybe lack uh, resources or understanding of resources. I mean, her family was not even in this country. You know, they were in Malaysia. Yeah, they were in Malaysia. She didn't really have any support. 
And she probably didn't really know or understand what resources were available to her. Right. Either. Right. And she's been living in this shitstorm with this person who has fed her so much false information about everything you can think of. She was probably very confused about what was real and what wasn't because she's been living in this for a long time. I can only imagine what that must have been like. Yeah. And to not have, you know, obviously she had coworkers who were looking out for her, but beyond that, she didn't have much. Well, they loved her. They did. She was beloved at work. Her coworkers adored her. She was a very sweet, thoughtful, you know, kind little person. They adored her. Yeah. Yeah. They did. And so they were terrified. They knew immediately when she didn't show up for work that something was wrong. Early weighed 95 pounds. Yeah. She was was five feet tall and weighed 95 pounds. She wasn't going to be hard to hurt or overwhelm. No, not at all. Not at all. So after she disappeared, her clothes were found wrapped in a tarp and they were bloodstained. The tarp was bloodstained. It was her, a pair of pink and orange shorts, a green and white blouse and green underwear were found um, Mm -hmm. like along a highway. Yeah. There was also some duct tape there. That yeah. become important later. Mm-hmm. They also found her purse just sort of thrown away. Yeah. On a street not far from where she lived. Yeah. Now, one, one of the big lies that Diazen had been telling is that he had leukemia and he only had five months to live. Oh, yeah. That he apparently a told a lot of people that over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And weirdly, no one ever got weirded out when he didn't die. I don't know. you know, Right? But boy, he do how to use cancer. I mean, this really he gets to me. Oh, yeah. You know, me too. coming from people whose parents died from cancer. The mm-hmm. idea that people would use cancer to con people because of the highly emotional energy around cancer. To con people out of money for with the stupid cure. And then also to con people by saying he had cancer. Right. Ugh. Yeah. That is so too much for me. Lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. Lowest of the low. Well, that's where we're going to end this episode. We're going to get into more of this uh, next week when we share the uh, second half of this. But we just really felt like there's so much in this case and a lot of it doesn't place any attention on Gurley. Yeah. This so is we'll her life her. and this was her disappearance. And so we wanted to do it that way. We'll get into the other players involved and what happened in our next episode. So this is our Tuesday case this week. Mm -hmm. We'll be back with another new case on Wednesday, as well as our Wednesday night update. And we do have some. We've got some hot tea. We do. Uh, coming, yeah, out of the um, Daybell Ballow case. Thursday will be the. psychic hour there is that yeah 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 it will Um, also on wednesday we have a very kind of fun story about how some kindergartners saved themselves by asking too many questions oh yes we did (laughs) yes we do which i love and yeah it was that's an excellent story so we'll be sharing that Mm -hmm. and then of course we'll have some pop-ups this weekend and you know do our usual stuff so we do we are true crime paranormal 
Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl 